From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Paul Boger. We've got a guest. We do. And uh, so we're welcoming welcoming Paul Boger into the studio. We're going to talk about mockumentaries today. Before that, though, uh, Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? So, yeah, I'm the political reporter uh, over at KUNR Public Radio, which is the local uh, NPR affiliate here in Reno. Where I used to intern. Where you did used to intern, and that's actually pretty much where I met you. So. Yes, that is where we met. I think we met before I started interning, but yeah, now we play board games together. Yeah, now we do. And you're on the podcast. <laughs> and we also had uh, uh, your arts and culture reporter, Holly Hutchings, on like yep. three weeks ago, I think now. You know, when I, whenever this episode airs, it's going to be like two months ago, but whatever. So be <laughs> honest, Paul, Are you? you I bet you're kind of happy to see Joey away from KUNR. Absolutely. Uh, there no it is. Ever there it is. <laughs> really, mainly because there seems to be windows in this building, and that just makes my soul happy. Yeah, there's no yeah. windows in KUNR. It's in a basement. <laughs> it's Yikes. really hard to work there sometimes. But uh, it's very sit, much sitting in that public radio tower. Yeah, you know? no, well, basement. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it. we're talking about mockumentaries. <laughs> yeah, this will be actually the third uh, episode we've done related to documentaries. So we, and, we did a documentary. Yeah, episode. we did documentaries. We also did rock docs. And in both those episodes, I think we may have mentioned the the form of mockumentaries. So Paul, why did you, because you actually had pitched this idea, correct? Why did you want to talk about mockumentaries? I mean, I just, I really enjoy the format because um, documentaries are fun and they're, well, they can be fun, I should say. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're always really interesting. I, I find that, documentaries there's while maybe they're picking at people or maybe they're picking at a, a, a typical type of subject they they're for a lot for the most part they're fun they're interesting and they're kind of in a lot of ways breaking down fandoms that's yeah. a really good point i never thought about that actually yeah it is like breaking down fandoms right so if you look at you know one of my absolute favorite ones best in show i love best in show yeah you know it is taking the dog show person and showing them maybe at a heightened state but still it is a little bit of the crazy that is involved with dog shows people that are like way too into their dogs yeah yeah i do like that i do kind of like that that idea of of uh you know you take some sort of sort of niche community and just like shine a light on it make them a little bit caricatured but then you you there's some truth in there too right like there it takes a certain type of person truth and comedy to get yeah exactly um yeah Good point. I mean, and like the master, I would say, of the form of mockumentaries is, is Christopher Guest. He's kind of like the guy that makes mockumentaries for the most part. And he made Best in Show. Mm-hmm. Um, he made A Mighty Wind, which is kind of about like folk music. Um, there's Waiting for Guffman, one of my favorite movies, which is about like this really small town called Blaine. Um, and like they're like, it's, it's not their sesquicentennial, but it's like they're like, look centennial, and it's like they're like 137th anniversary and they're like yeah we'll celebrate this um and then what else does he made paul he's got well those mascots i think mascots, he made mascots yes. recent one. and then the other one i can't for your remember. consideration for your consideration but you were telling me that's not a mockument you were you were making the argument joey that that's not a mockumentary because it's actually a scripted it's a well yeah i mean they're all scripted but like it doesn't have like they don't interview the people and it's not Mockumentaries, in my eyes, should be looking. It, it should feel like a documentary. Mm-hmm. For your consideration, does not feel like a documentary. It just feels like a movie that you're like watching a story unfold. Like All the right. people aren't aware of the cameras. They're not being interviewed by like some amorphous person in the background. 
you know, it's just this like it's just a story, and you're gonna it's gonna be funny, but like it's it's not a documentary style. Okay. Unlike I, Best in Show, which is like clearly supposed to be a documentary where they interview the people and their dogs and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, and I guess I get that. I just like, and I think I I I'm when I approached uh, for your consideration, I was watching it as a mockumentary because sure. it's still shining a light on actors, <laughs> which is like what that particular fandom is in that in that form. Um, but it, it is just still kind of playing on like the absurdity and like the kind of cattiness between actors and stuff like Absolutely. that. Yeah. yeah. So, Paul, why is Best in Show like one of your favorite movies? You know, I, I think maybe it caught me at the right age. So, yeah. like, the th- I think the first time I saw that movie was I was 13 or 14. I think the same. And mm-hmm. it just caught me in a way like, oh, this is a thing you can do. Because I, obviously I didn't think this was this was real, but yeah. Yeah. it seemed real enough that it was just like, this is these are these are people I know maybe not to this extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know anybody that that showed dogs, but like you know people that are like way in, way too into something, way too, or like or just way too into their pet or way yeah. too mm-hmm. into their hobby, and it it becomes all consuming all the time. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love that one so much. You know, another Christopher Guest. Well, he, I, we actually discussed it before we started recording, but. Uh, this is spi- or Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Which yeah. he's in, but actually did not direct. That was um, right. It's directed by uh, Rob, Rob Reiner. Reiner. Rob Reiner. Yeah. Which I don't think a lot of people know. Actually, I think a lot of people think that that's a Christopher Guest movie. Yeah, I think I th- I thought. Well, it was. he's in it. I mean, yeah, I he think is. He is the yeah. bass player. No, I don't know who he he's plays. The other guitar player. He might be the other guitar player. I don't know. They're all kind of the same. <laughs> um, but that Nigel Tufnell. That is like the. <laughs> No. Boy, if you got that right, uh, audience, let us know. That would be, be very impressive. And I need to go. That reminds me. I need to go back and watch This Is Spinal Tap because it's been a while. It, like, it goes it's up been to a, 11. Of course it does. <laughs> I think my favorite scene in that movie is actually like when he's going through airport security and he takes the pickle out of his pants because it set off the... But but like the pickle's wrapped in tin foil and you're like, why is the pickle in tin foil? I don't know. I think the miniature Stonehenge. <laughs> or when they get caught in the pods and it doesn't open. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, confirmed. Ben needs to go back and watch it because oh, this yeah. is just so reminding good. me. Yeah, so good. But, yeah. but like that was kind of like the one that put mockumentary format on the map. I would say, right? Like, what, is there earlier forms that like? I'm sure there is, but that's I think the first big one. Yeah, well, like, yeah, mainstream, and, and also like comedy, right? Because sure, yeah. there are there was this uh, mockumentary that I watched, and it was older. It's a French movie called Man Bites Dog. And I couldn't watch it like twice because it was really disturbing, number one. And then I didn't learn until later that it actually was a mockumentary. But the whole the whole movie follows like two reporters as they document the life of a serial killer in France. And it was just it's like it's just a really disturbing movie. Yeah. I, sorry to like throw some cold water on, no, our, I, on I, our playful conversation. But like it's uh, that's certainly earlier. And um, but you know, just so, disturbing. Uh, tell me a little bit. I kind of actually want to hear about this a little bit more because it does sound really like interesting. I mean, literally, it's 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 almost like a documentary of two documentarians. It's like so a, it's, it's kind a, of meta in okay, some way, sure. right? Or postmodern, and they it's them following around this serial killer, and so there are like. Does it show like him like yeah? There's like, there's like there's like you know, absolutely there's like uh, rape and murder scenes oh and stuff, God. and you're just like. I had to, that's what I mean. Like I was watching this and I just had to turn it off and then I looked it up and I'm like, it's fake and I could watch it. It still wasn't easy to watch. Sure, you know what yeah. I mean? So I guess in that regard, 
it was a success like it because it seemed like a documentary and it was disturbing i don't know i think one of the most convincing mockumentaries that i have seen and i actually haven't seen the whole thing it's a television show and it's uh uh it's on netflix what's it called i'm gonna forget i forgot the name paul it's the one with the the guy drew the dicks on the car American Vandal? American, American Vandal. Vandal, yeah, yeah. Like, the first episode, you're like, yeah, this really happened. This is ridiculous. And then you're like, oh, no, this is fake. But <laughs> I think it was very convincing. I think they did a really good job of making you think that this is like a documented series. It's funny that you mentioned that because you, I think you've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast. You're like, oh, American Vandal, I, I've been wanting to watch that. I've watched like two episodes now. And I, I assumed the same thing because like what you were telling me is that it was another kind of true crime thing, but oh, it's kind of ridiculous. To, yeah. And then I found out it was fake, and I'm like, I don't. Did I, the way Joey was talking about it, I don't know if he <laughs> realized that it was fake. But no, yeah. Did, and have you seen that, Paul? I have not actually watched that one. Okay, yeah. that's it is yeah. actually it's on the list. Sure, but there the list is the ever growing monster of movies. Oh, I should watch that, but I need time and resources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's not an election going on. When there's not an election going on, or a legislative session, or sure, which you know there never is not. Right. So, (laughs) welcome to Nevada. Yeah. Well, any state really, (laughs) I guess. But, um, yeah, no, I I think that mockumentaries, I I think they appeal to people because they do like, they want to feel as real as possible, right? Right. So, how does, so (laughs) here's what, I'm just just thinking about this because I'm thinking about like, you know, like how to broaden the conversation from mockumentaries. And so, like, mockumentaries are fundamentally defined, but they're not necessarily, sorry, I'm thinking as I say this, but like, how do they differ from just satire? Well, it also, well, there's also the question of like, so it goes in that same vein of, you know, is it just straight up comedy or is there, you know, other aspects to it? Because The Office is technically a mockumentary. Oh, yeah, That's I never true. thought about Nicely that. You're right. Done. Nicely played. So is The Office a mockumentary? Because they, even in the is. end, they, they, they show it as like, this was a documentary that we were making. Yeah, I would 100% say that The Office is a mockumentary. Yeah. I never even... I don't know why that one didn't come to my mind, but yeah. I think what is interesting is like, again, it's kind of that acknowledging that the camera is there, right? Like that's like, well, what, who's the guy that plays Jim? Uh, uh, John uh, Krasinski. Krasinski, yeah. John Krasinski. John like Krasinski. his whole like career is based off of like snarkily looking at a camera. <laughs> yeah. And now he's married to Emily but, Blunt. But that, that kind of style came into that like that like television making as well right because like it became a narrative form it it did right like just kind of the the handheld camera the kind of zoom Mm -hmm. in double zoom or whatever yeah um because i'm thinking like parks and rec has that to a certain degree very much too right well Uh in the very especially the first season yeah it was very much like it was a it was a what was a it was a office ripoff right yeah yeah right and I, mean, I think it has the same creator and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, like, I think, like, it kind of came into its own in later seasons, but that first Absolutely. season I don't think is actually that good comparatively. It's really just sets up the, the series. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they really had to get the, the characters, you know, they had to establish the framework for the characters, and then they sort of pushed those characters a little bit further. But that mockumentary style very much was a TV trope near the mid-2000s. Yep. Yeah. I, I guess it was like originally a movie thing and then was definitely adapted to television. I think it's adapted to television better too. There hasn't been like a big mockumentary like recently other than like like Sasha Baron Cohen movies, which like we can talk about too and is that a mockumentary and whatnot. But I think that that lends itself more towards the the question Ben just brought up. If, is it just comedy or is it satire? That's true, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder about that. But, but you know, and th- that's... 
because what you're doing is you're basically like you're taking the form of a documentary and either critiquing it to some degree or kind of pointing out the absurdity involved in it mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Or you could just be straight up like satire, like look at these ridiculous people doing this, yeah. this sort of thing. And like, look at a mighty wind. We could do this. Yeah. Mighty, mighty wind is actually amazing. I really, <laughs> I really enjoy that movie. Yeah. I have not watched it in, in a while. It's, um, it's been a minute for me too. It is a great one. I, I think that it's, it's, it is really right up there with best in show. Yeah. I mean, I love, I think the reason that I love, Waiting for Guffman so much, and like it's like again one of my favorite movies is that it, it's like it just focuses on like small town America and just kind of how like maybe it's kind of mean spirited or whatever, but kind of confused. <laughs> they're kind of like, what's going? Like I feel like they don't understand really like the broader implications of anything that they're doing, or like they're not speaking in terms of like <laughs> a more well versed people. <laughs> they're kind of stuck in their ways. Right. If you've lived in a small town, you recognize those folks. Yeah. yeah. The ones who've mm -hmm. never left. Well, it also, you know, talking about another small town, somewhat mockumentary is, and I don't know, actually, I, I don't know if this qualifies as, as a mockumentary so much as, uh, are you familiar with uh, Bernie? Yes. With Jack um, Black? With Jack Black. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it, but I know of it. Because that, that's like a real thing that happened, right? Yeah. It, it's, maybe that's more of a reenactment, but you do yeah. have the segments where it kind of breaks and, and you talk to the actual folks who lived in that town. Oh, I didn't know they did that. That's really interesting. You, you, you recognize all of them. If you've ever lived, cause I lived oh. in small town, Alabama for a number of years. I didn't realize that Bernie did that. Yeah. And it's, it's you, you, you kind of understand, especially with waiting for Guffman, why there is that, that connect in a certain way and why these, this stupid little play will mean so much to so many people Yeah, mm -hmm. because it, it becomes a, a, Obsession. An obsession and, and, or, or, or lifeblood of a town. Yeah, sure. it's the thing way. that the town is doing. Yeah. So, or it's, you know, it, it's got to be big. It's got to be important because this is important to the community. Well, and that's like why mockumentaries, right? Like maybe that's one of the reasons they're so, people like them is because you're really relating to the character because they're talking to you. Like literally they're talking to the audience and they're not breaking the fourth wall to do it. So it's not like story breaking, but it really feels like they're like explaining something to the audience. It's interesting for me to think about the fact that, you know, someone in the audience could connect both to someone in a documentary because it's a real person who's explaining their uh, lived experience, et cetera, but then also connect with a character in a mockumentary in maybe a similar <laughs> way. Like I at least identify with like some little uh, passion project or whatever, you know, uh, and just see the kind of comedy in that, but say, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a redeemable quality. Sure. Interesting. Have you guys seen Documentary Now? I didn't even think about this. No, I haven't. Mm -mm. So Documentary Now, like, you, you know, do you know what it is? It's on Netflix. I'm familiar with it. It's, it's like Fred Armisen and... Mm -hmm. And it's just them mm -hmm. remaking, like, famous documentaries, but, like, with, like, their own characters. So, like, they have one called... I don't know what it's called, but it's 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 mocking um, Grey Gardens, which is all about the Kennedys. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, <laughs> so, like, they're just, like, them, like, being weird in gardens. <laughs> And like the whole thing's in black and white, or um, they have one that's kind of like a the 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 hunt for El Chingon, and it's supposed to be like the hunt for El Chapo, and they're supposed to be like uh, vice guys, but like they just keep going to like this like drug lord's like place, and like they all get killed, and then like they'll just send like two more guys, and they're like, oh, let's go find the drug lord, bruh, and like they like <laughs> go into this place, and then they get killed, and then like they just sent two more guys, and it's just Fred Armisen keep like it's not real, obviously, but like it's just they're making fun of like kind of that bro like style that vice ha has kind of come to be known for sure sure 
Well, let's let's maybe like uh, spin a little spin this off because you mentioned it earlier, like the because Sasha Baron Cohen, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't automatically think of him as doing mockumentary style. Paul, did you think about Sasha Baron Cohen as being mockumentary, or did you bring it? up? I forget if you brought it up earlier. I I don't necessarily well I I do think of like Borat specifically as a mockumentary, mm. but not necessarily one that I think is good. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, it, it's I can, different, right? Like, I can see why you would think that though. Like it makes sense because it's it's like almost a hybrid between a mockumentary and a documentary. And it is it does go for I think the satire a little bit more. It is showing it is showing real people reacting reacting to an incredibly crazy situation. Yeah. So yeah. I think that takes the, I think it's more mocking than it, than it is like a documentary style. Well, and you, and you also brought up like you, that happened in your hometown, right? Well, not my hometown. So I used to work in Mississippi and there is a scene where Borat, the character Borat is on a tele local television program. And, uh, that happened in Jackson, Mississippi, at one of the local TV stations, uh, and people lost their jobs over that. Yeah, that's like that's a little thing. Like they, you know, whether they did their due diligence in looking this person up or not is one thing. But he he made such fools of them that they, people lost their jobs. So okay, so they he they lost their jobs because not because they or because they legitimized Borat or because of like their specific responses to his prompts. Because they were on that show and they made everybody in that station look foolish. Okay, and so like they... so the the station became sort of the butt of a lot of jokes, and so they're right. like, "You've done a great disservice to this station. Yeah, You're it, out." It does it right. delegitimizes news in a way because you've, you've yeah. brought in someone who's not a real. Person, you know, like if you if if we if at KUNR like you interviewed someone who was not like a real person, right? You would have to retract it, yeah, and like explain what's like why, what happened, mm-hmm. and that is, and that's a big deal. Yeah, is and it's sorry, it's been a while since I've seen Borat. <laughs> I did see it, but isn't is the whole premise that he is documenting life in America as someone that's from my, Kazakhstan? Or? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it is, I guess, supposed to be a little bit of a documentary in that sense. So I could see why it would fit into the the, the box of the, mockumentary. The larger definition of, of, of mockumentaries mm-hmm. um, or fake documentaries, I guess. <laughs> because, you know, like people like Christopher Guest, he, I don't, if I understand correctly, he doesn't, he doesn't like that term, mockumentary. I don't, know? yeah, I don't know if he does or not, but I do know that he's like not a really funny person in real life. Like they'll like interview him and they're like, "Hey, something, say something funny." You know, you like like funny movies, and he's like, "No." And married to yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, the is act- he really? Yeah, yeah. That I didn't know. You didn't like, know since, that since like the mid eighties. Yeah, wow. she's in the new Halloween movie. Yeah, she's also That's, of course is that that could be the pull. Oh. She's in the new Halloween movie. Actually, yeah. she's the uh, she's <laughs> she's in uh, she's in she's in the new Halloween. I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> she's also in the uh, Activia commercials for the the bowel moving yogurt. <laughs> Yikes. I prefer trading places, but yeah. <laughs> yikes! Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Christopher Guest is—he's kind of an interesting, interesting fellow. But changing gears again a little bit here, like Let's looking at the other side of mockumentaries from Sasha Baron Cohen style, is you have things like like what we do in the shadows, right? Which is like just absolutely like clearly not believable in a and at all because it's about vampires. <laughs> I have not seen this. It, it's amazing. It's so good. I have not seen it. And I, if, but the thing is, is you could take the "I'm a vampire" part out of it, and it's just about like three random, du- three or four random dudes who all live together, yeah. 
and it's still you know still relatable still kind of a real thing that's you know i guess that's true yeah they like they like take on like this guy who's not a vampire and they like bite him and he becomes a vampire and they're like oh we've just messed up this guy's life like we should we have should we've done that and then all this stuff and they have to deal with the werewolves that are in town well it's about the interpersonal relationships yeah that's going on but it, yeah it being the vampires portion of it is is the best is part. Great. So I, I've certainly heard of it. So the premise is basically like it focuses in on the what domestic lives of yes, these yes. three vampires or whatever. And early on in the documentary, spoilers, Lord, if you want to just skip ahead here, thirty seconds. But one of them dies early on in the movie because they let sunlight into the basement <laughs> by accident, and he's like the oldest one. He's like ten thousand years old, and all the other ones are like only like four hundred years old. He's like the Nesferatu. He okay. literally, yeah, he's disgusting looking. He like <laughs> he ends up like blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, because like someone let like light in through the window, the basement window. But do they go out at night, or does it yeah, all they, take place in the house? They go out at night okay. all the time, all right. and they run into the werewolves. I just thought maybe it would be like a lower budget, where they just come back and they're like, "All right, we've just been out after a night or whatever, yeah, and no. so now we're gonna talk it's, about this." It's got this. like a decent, decent budget. They have like some some practical effects and stuff. All right. There's like also like this whole like bigger cinematic like monster universe that they apparently live in. Not cinematic, but like monster. Maybe this will be my Halloween movie. Highly recommend it. You know, I think and you maybe do it. and it's basically because my wife will not watch like a horror movie. Oh, this is like not a true scary. horror. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So I need like something that can be kind of topical, but also you know, I think it's on Amazon palatable. You know? Yes. Yeah. My uh, my favorite line is when they run into the werewolves at night, and one of them like is like, "Hey, f you" or whatever, and then one of the other werewolves is like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Come on, man." <laughs> what are you doing? It's so good. That's the best line in a movie ever. Hilarious. <laughs> Clearly, I have conveyed the the comedy here. But, oh, Joey. Oh, that's that's you know the I, podcast has to have a funny one, right? Are we aware of? I just out of curiosity, are we aware of any upcoming mockumentaries? Well, that's actually like, something I was going to point out earlier. Like, I think because the the genre has moved more into TV, I I almost wonder if it's it's become unfashionable and we're kind of in a lull now i mean because sasha baron cohen is back right with a new uh series new television series Mm -hmm. right we are who is america who is america yeah but but beyond that i mean because there were a lot of people saying after ali g and all those characters like he's done right nobody's going to take this guy seriously but he was able to invent these new characters and get something done now good makeup department (laughs) yeah i have not watched a single episode he sort of upped his game on trying to mask his true identity Mm -hmm. you know so that's good, but I don't know. Like, and I don't even know if I think that the what we do in the shadows guy uh, Taika Waititi is is making another mockumentary. I I could be wrong. We'll find out when we go into emergent culture. It would be. <laughs> I'd also be curious to know if they're specifically kind of marketed as a mockumentary. Sure. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times maybe they're just framed as like here's this funny film, or it's going to sure. be shot like a documentary. Is there something that? Yeah, that's true. No, because earlier, earlier when I said, um, you know, uh, for your consideration was a mockumentary, you're like, no, that's just a, like a, just, you know, it's a normal, it's a normal comedy. Movie. It's a movie. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but so is mighty wind. But no, and so is, but you're right. I mean, there's the, definitely like, but it's shot. Like it has the kind of stylistic tropes like of a documentary. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that like, I, well, you need to, I think you need to go back and rewatch. Uh, I'm trying to split hairs here because uh, yeah, that's fair. I feel like I don't know. I just wonder where the line ends. What about like, did, Paul? Do you like? Is there something that you find in a mockumentary that you like would get out of that like you don't get out of a normal comedy movie? 
I, I think it's that relatability. I mean, with just normal, I know, I know we kind of have, have our feelings about that word. Um, <laughs> yes. But it is, it is that connection you make. Whereas just with a straight up comedy, you only have that one normal character. You have that one straight guy versus um, a mockumentary where everybody's playing the straight man. Everybody's yeah. playing a, a, a normal person to themselves. Yeah. And I think that's what I find interesting about them. Um, because it, it's not always just comedy, you know. Um, there's things like Confederate States of America, which mm. is uh, a, a, a fake documentary about what had happened if the South had won the Civil War. Oh, that's really interesting. And slavery still persisted. Oh, I never even. Oh, that sounds like a really interesting documentary. I think that one was made like alternate by history? the BBC. Yeah, kind of oh. an alternate alternate history sort of deal. But that's that sounds really cool. <clears throat> that's really interesting. Um, you've got you know a day without a Mexican. I think was another one oh, that yeah. came out. I remember that two, early to mid two thousands. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's this... kind of a and uh, uh, I guess what's the word I'm looking for response to uh, some of the immigration stuff that was going on at that time it's not it's, it's there's no comedy in it it's just it's well a, i mean there are there are funny parts sure, i guess sure sure but it's not meant to be like like a haha like well, joke right what it does is it sort of takes like a like a particular argument and carries it through to its log- logical conclusion it's just like all right this is what we would get right like if you had yeah you know fine let's just say the south you know people decided the, the, the confederacy was right or whatever or it or should they, be or the or south won and it won war. right exactly and then here's what life would look like interesting you know? yeah that's actually really interesting like that's like kind of like man in the high castle and what's what's right. really weird about confederate states of america if i can bring that one up again yeah sure is like it's shot and filmed in a way or, or produced in a way where it's supposed to be like a tv documentary okay so there are actual commercial breaks showing mm. fake oh. products but like they have connotations of slavery, and then they're like, haha, like at the end, like, haha, you thought this Papio Daniels, whatever brand of hair gel was was fake. No, this is a real product, and it just changed its name to so and so. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, huh? This this has officially become the recommendation from Paul for us to watch. Yes, <laughs> uh, now. I won't say that it's particularly good. I, 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 <laughs> but it's I, interesting. It's interesting. Sounds, sounds intriguing, yeah. It definitely does. Um, I think another thing that's like interesting, at least for, for Paul and I, I don't know about it as much for you, Ben, mm. but just because like we've worked in journalism, like interviewing people, is like watching them get interviewed like on TV and like knowing like <laughs> we've interviewed some interest some characters. I I I, mean, I know I have. And so like yes. there's kind of maybe another level of relatability there for us. Um I, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, Paul, or not, but <laughs> like just being a journalist makes mockumentaries a little bit more fun. I, I think that's just in, with documentaries in general. Sure, yeah. You know, um, but I mean, being a journalist definitely helps spin things a certain way, and you start looking at it with a more objective eye. I think, and and that, I guess that's one of the reasons why I like mockumentaries is that yeah, I know this is completely fake, and I don't have to look at it through that objective eye. Mm-hmm, yeah, but I still get to enjoy the format a little bit. Sure. And you also told me earlier before we started recording that you. Want, wrote a documentary mockumentary or wanted to or or had some sort of idea for one when you were a kid like when i was in high school i was in it's a know, great idea i love this idea so i i wish like and actually i think it became an a movie really uh, with an andy sandberg movie okay um it was going to uh follow the world's greatest badminton player 
Oh, oh. yeah. No, I think that did become uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it did. So at least I know the premise was okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody actually watched it or it's not. It's a quality but, premise. Um, essentially, he was going to have to go against the, the, the stereotypical Russian Again, mm-hmm. I thought of this in high school, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, you were probably watching, like, Rocky and stuff, right? <laughs> sure, why not? Um, <laughs> but uh, and it would follow him through his training and how he wasn't taking it seriously and how he, everybody thought he was just going to breeze through this competition, which was essentially the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And uh, cuts to right before they go out to the court and fast forward 20, 30 years later to him in current day, and he's just working at a convenience store... <laughs> His house is still filled with filled with memorabilia <laughs> and action figures that were never sold, and how his life just crumbled. Yeah, I love it. See, now this is sounding a lot like um, Anvil, the story of Anvil. Have you seen Anvil? But like, I have no idea. What you're so talking we about. we we had a. This was the Rock Doc episode. Is, yeah, and I recommended to Joey to watch Anvil, and it. I had to stop it again. I had to stop it a couple of times just to make sure if it was a real documentary because it's about this heavy metal band called Anvil Which from su- Canada. Super influential to like Iron Maiden and like Metallica. So the whole the whole thing, just like you said, like the whole the opening sequence is just like you know Rob Halford from from Judas Priest. It's like uh, Slash from Guns N' Roses. It's like and they're like, yeah, these Hadfield. guys were great. They were a huge. Like, right. oh, everybody wanted to be Anvil, and then it just cuts to like um, modern day, like a meatpacking plant or something. He's just like, he's got a wagon of stuff, and he's just loading it up, and he just talks to the guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting the band back together, or like this this new tour is going to be everything. You know, it's going to be our chance to make it. And then it's just a comedy of errors, like it's a throughout the it's whole, a it's a real life mockumentary. But it's <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like some documentaries are so unbelievable that sometimes you're like, no, this right. is like it's yeah. not. It can't be. You know? Yeah. Well, should we should we check out some emerging culture and try and find a new mockumentary and then come back? Let's do it. All right. And we are back. We're back. We just watched a trailer for something called Australian Skies 2, but the alien is all capitalized. Paul, what are your thoughts uh, right off the bat? <laughs> Greatest movie ever. Oh, it, it, looks, it looks pretty good. It's That's not hyperbolic at all. <laughs> um, it, so it's like a mockumentary about these guy, this guy who like, sees an alien in Australia, I guess, or like sees a spaceship. It's I mean, kind of like a... It's cons- just classic sort of like alien investigation. Conspiracy right. theory. It reminds me of the like the shows that used to be those fake, or those like TV documentaries that used to be on sci-fi. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, years ago. Or right. like the History Channel. On the History Channel. Ancient, ancient Aliens. <laughs> That's the show. Yeah, Ancient Aliens was one. Well, there was, yeah, Unsolved Mysteries and that kind of Probably. stuff. Probably. You know? It might be. Yeah, uns- yeah, Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved That's- Mysteries. Like, they would just take these things and say like, oh, well, could this mean this or could it mean that? You know? <laughs> I'll connect these two dots. They're not near each other, but I'll connect them. Yeah. <laughs> so this looks like a mockumentary uh, about that kind of investigation for UFOs, but it, the, the trailer contains all these things that are seemingly like there are very plausible alternate, alternate explanations, sure. but like the subjects of the documentary are convinced that it's aliens. Well, that's right? like any conspiracy theorist, right? I want to point right. out that Joey did actually point out 
that one of the images of a UFO was a boomerang. Just flying through the sky. <laughs> so there's like this footage. It's like a surveillance footage or something. It's kind of black and white and grainy. And then it's like this rotating image. But then very clearly there is like one frame or two frames. And it's just like, no, that's a boomerang. <laughs> it's so good. And another guy's like, my father never talked to me about his military experience. Not a single word. And then I, the, there was a therapist too, and she was like, you know, when people tell me about these paranormal activities and things that they're seeing, you know, the first thing I always ask them is, what was your relationship with your parents? <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, and actually, you know, to your point, I mean, we talked about this a little bit off air, but uh, it, it does raise the that idea of like just found footage mm-hmm. kind of in like movies that are made out of found footage or kind of put together. Um, you guys were talking about some of the other examples of that, right? Yeah. What was the other one you had? Uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it was the Blair the, the original Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. remember, they made a terrible sequel. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. That. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, the uh, paranormal activity yeah mm-hmm. and, and what's the other there was one more uh cloverfield cloverfield the original cloverfield yeah yep. uh, and like i feel like found footage like does not lend itself to to reviewing well no well to comedy or if you it, yeah. it, it, it goes to horror it usually does which is interesting right yeah because i yeah. think it's more of like it's scary because you can't really like it, it's like this oh this clearly really happened but like it didn't but it's also like the the unknown, right? And there's mm-hmm. just sort of this like fear that comes with the unknown. So right. then if you don't know what it is, you you have creative liberty to like make it whatever you want it to be. Also, right? I think like historically found footage films are really cheap to make. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, another one that we didn't uh, talk about, but I, I was thinking of, we, we kind of saw it on this list of mockumentaries was called The Atomic Cafe, mm. which was actually, they just took all of these kind of like doomsday scenario um uh, like archival footage from uh, the development of the n- nuclear bomb. Okay. And they just kind of s- pointed out a lot of the absurdity of it all, right? And it's just kind of this dark comedy about, this is really absurd that we were asking children to like duck and cover oh, in the yeah. event of a, nu- a nuclear <laughs> attack or like coat themselves with some jacket or whatever that's going to protect them from radiation. It's like, no, right? All that was really wrong. And that's an interesting point about- Because the- kindling is going to protect anybody. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, no. You're your student desk. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just, it, it uses that to kind of shine a light of, of the, absurdity, the absurdity of that past. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what was the, the, there was one more that we wanted to talk about too really quick, which was uh, well, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. I, I, I've seen bits and pieces of this. I've never seen the whole thing. I didn't see it just because I didn't. It you didn't, haven't seen it? It didn't appeal to me. It didn't okay. appeal to me either. I mean, I, I kind of know the news coverage around it, which was that like walking for about a year or so, Walking Phoenix was just going off the deep end or so people thought. He would like start a rap career and then it turns out like, oh, that was all just for like this weird like movie. And he, he was like a recurring guest on like David Letterman or one of those and he would just have these kind of really awkward and weird interviews, yeah. you know? And then it's like, okay, like it was kind of interesting because Letterman didn't really know how to handle him. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. it turns out, oh, he's just, it's just a character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one that was on that list that I kind of, I think all of us sort of were like, really? Like Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. I'm I, not, I, I mean, technically it follows, you know, Larry David's life, but like it also has these kind of beats where they can, they just kind of improvise uh, well, around it, right? Well, it's also one of those things like it, it, that's very much in the same vein of like a show like Veep and his Veepa. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, is, is that a mockumentary? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the lines are blurred. So it's, <laughs> well, and it's certainly in television because I'm thinking also there's this, um, there's this Canadian show 
called Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny is so good. Very good. But see, that's oh the thing. It, it, it's framed like a documentary. Like these are the people that live in Letter Kenny or whatever. And oh. here's Peter Patter. These are their stories. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. some of the best writing I I think is like Letter Kenny has like really good writing, like just quippy, fast, good dialogue. It's yeah, 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 say yeah, dialogue, yeah, 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 yeah. Specified dialogue. Yeah. It's like hard to keep up with that show. It is, and I still, you know, it's difficult to uh, to find it really mm-hmm. in, the, in the states. Yeah. So. What well, I guess you know, I've only seen a couple episodes, but it's like Trailer Park Boys again. Exactly. In that yeah. documentary See? vein, same kind of. Vein. And in fact, Canada has a long history of this because there was also the Corner Gas. That was like the largest. That was like the I biggest no thing idea ever. What that is. Yeah, no, it was like the even before Trailer Park Boys, it was like focused on this like gas shop. What like if we gas. find out that like Justin Bieber was just like this? Massive mockumentary project. <laughs> I, I would. Yeah. Say, I, <laughs> well, it would break my heart, uh, really. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, ruin my fandom <laughs> of the Beebs. I just missed the haircut, man. I only, uh, I only started. I started liking him after he flipped over the chair at the Italian restaurant. <laughs> oh God! That's well, when he went bad. Uh, yeah. Well, Paul, do you have anything else you want to say about mockumentaries or documentaries or or whatever else we've blurred the lines on here in this episode? What's on your mind, Paul? Um, <laughs> if if somebody can prove that the 2018 elections is a mockumentary, um, I'd be really happy. You, yeah, you yeah. could also you could be interviewed for it. Absolutely, be on the other side of the uh, be on the other side of the uh, mic. It it is very strange to be on the other side of the mic right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, good to get out of your. Are you zone. judging our interviewing skills as you sit there? I wouldn't necessarily call this an interview so much as a, a conversation, if I can use the most public radio term. That's exactly what this is. Conversational podcast about culture. Hey, well, thank you for listening to this episode of uh, Residual Culture. That's true. A conversational episode. <laughs> uh, yes, having a conversation. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What else? Uh, you can email us. You can us email us. Residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Please oh. email us. We don't get that many emails. Absolutely. Our song this morning was Finder. D- did I say this morning? Where yeah. am I right now? Dude, it's it is it's it's late actually. So our song or this whenever week, you're listening. Yes. <laughs> our song was as usual finder from people with bodies. And Paul, thanks so much for joining us, man. This has been fun. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll have you on again soon. Sounds great. All right, good luck with the election, okay? Hey, and I don't know if this episode is going out before or after you can vote, but if you can, go vote. Or hopefully you did. Or hopefully you did. <laughs> All right. All right. This is Residual Culture. I've been Ben Birkenbein. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Paul Boger. Get into it. Mm-hmm.